Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I have a return guest. Whenever I have a return guest, I'm always a little bit excited because we've laid down the foundation. You may remember this from a few years ago if you're one of our loyal listeners, but we have Blake from Christ in the City back with us. And we're really talking about a much needed topic today, which is about community. Uh, what community does for us, what community does for the poor, what community does for our work and helping in the mission of Christ and the kingdom of God. So Blake, thank you for coming back to the podcast. It's so good to see you and hear from you again. Hey, so good to see you too, Leah. Thank you again for having me again, being a returner. I mean, you're right. The foundation has been set and it's just fun to be back. I know I, we had a lot of positive feedback, a lot of people reaching out after our last time having a conversation. It's been one of the most popular episodes, actually, um, is is your episode um, back, gosh, at least three or four years ago now at this point. So, okay, so for for those who have not yet heard that episode, let's just quickly go back and do an intro. Let us know about you and let us know about what Christ in the City is and what Christ in the City does for the homeless. Let us know. Yeah. To begin with me, uh, my name is Blake Bruyett. I am actually beginning gosh, my seventh year with Christ in the City. The program is beginning its 11th year in existence. So do the math and it shows I've been here too long. That's what that means. But no, it is Christ in the City is a mission that is kind of a both and classic Catholic mission where our aim is to form young adult missionaries in the greater community in their missionary identity of service to the poor. Right. So that first part of that just understanding of Christ in the city is we are here to form missionaries, whether that be you, Leah, a mother of who knows how many kids you have now, but six, six of them, six kids. So a mother of six kids on a farm or someone living in the city or our young adult missionaries who serve free year. So that's part one of our program is forming you in your missionary identity. And the second part is that service to the poor. Specifically in Denver, we serve the chronically homeless, which is that population that you see at the street corner, that population that struggles a lot with mental health, addiction, the ones that cost cities so much money. That's truly become our niche in the services of Denver. And we are praying and hoping that this nudge from the Holy Spirit to expand continues. And hopefully that should be coming soon. So Again, that both and just being a missionary formation program that serves the poor. I love it. I love everything that you do. Blake, I remember, and I think about this honestly, so often, one of the things that we discussed, and I believe part of your challenge, maybe the last time we spoke was how uh, we can create these blessing bags in our car and then hand them out to people. And I just remember it was such a practical takeaway, but I talked to my kids about this and every year, every season, we talk about, okay, let's get our blessing bags together. Let's get oh. our blessing bags together. And it's just, it's been on our heart. You have changed our family's life because now my kids see people outside 
And even if they're not homeless, like maybe they're out for a, just a walk out. <laughs> yeah. They want to give everybody a blessing bag every time they see them. I love it. I, my good, your kids aren't seeing these as strangers, you know, to be feared, which of course have good boundaries, but someone that needs love. And yeah, for those of you who don't know what a blessing bag is um, or a care kit, as we also call them, it's this just simple idea of keeping a little gallon Ziploc, whatever you want, just items for the poor. So if you're in, you know, St. Louis, knowing that you're going to see someone on the street corner and saying, Hey, I see you. I've thought of you. Here is a water bottle in your blood. Maybe you have a water bottle, some snacks, hand warmers during the winter, whatever it may be. Very simple to hand out. And you're right. I mean, number one, they gave me chills that your kids still think about it, but just the simple act of, Hey, I thought of you and here's a gift. You know, it just can make someone's day, even if you have five seconds. Yeah. And it's such a great thing because I've noticed that it's for me and my kids, it's something we do together. And they'll put um, one of their favorite prayer cards in there. And depending on the mm-hmm. season, if it's summer or winter or whatever, if it's like a hand warmer for the winter and the summer, there's all sorts of different things in there too. And some toiletries and like wipes and toothbrush and things like that. But they'll put like little personal items in there. And my kids will even like, they'll color a picture and put it in there too. Um, but the point is, it's great that my kids are doing this. I'm not trying to like tout how amazing my kids are, although I'm their mother. Of course, I think they're amazing. And I, we hope you think they're amazing, right? right? Like I should be their cheerleader. Okay? Yeah. But the point is, is that it has created a community within our family that really, like you said, seeks to look at others as Christ looks at them and not as somebody separate and apart. And mm-hmm. I think that when we want to do something about this issue of homelessness, it can feel like, I don't know where to begin. Should I just give you some money? I can just, I'll, I'll help fund you with that organization, which is great. And we need that. And you have a great organization that people absolutely can donate money to. We'll give you all that information in the show links. Um, if homelessness is on your heart, this is a beautiful, beautiful organization to help. But there's also a lot of us who want to, you know, get in there and do the work as well. And I, it seems that I hear from others and I've experienced in my own heart as well. We want to do something, but you don't want to, you don't want to do it alone. And it almost feels like, like you kind of need a little community to kind of get going in that. I mean, what have you found about the need for community in dealing with being in mission with the Lord in this particular topic? Well, I mean, we found it comes first. Mm -hmm. That's simply what we found. There's no way to serve the poor properly without community. And when we look at Christ's life, right, we look at the saints, we look at, you know, our patrons, Mother Teresa and John Paul II. I mean, they serve the poor from their community. So what we tell our missionaries is how you love your brother or sister that you are living with in this house, right? The formation you're getting, your family, like how you love them, your service to the poor flows from that. And that's why our missionaries go to the streets together, right? So like you said, we need community. And we found that service to the poor isn't easy, right? I mean, even running a family isn't easy. Guiding a family isn't easy. However, when you do it with others, like the Lord calls us, you know, I think he gave us the 12 disciples and all of those who followed him and were were there for him as a beautiful example. The Lord could have done it by himself. Leah, he is 
Jesus Christ, God, you know, he could have, but he didn't. And I think we should take that very seriously. And what we found at Christ in the city in my seven years of being here, and gosh, I came on a mission trip in year two. So I've seen this program. I I mean, I'll just share my personal story of when I showed up as a sophomore in college, I thought I was going to change the homeless lives. I really did. But what happened was my life got changed, which then allowed me, and in, in not in a selfish, like, oh my gosh, come to Christ the city, so your life has changed. No, the homeless, I know it has been mutual. It isn't one where it can just be totally, the homeless were bettered or I was better. No, it is mutual. But the thing that kept drawing me back to Christ in the city, there are many places that serve the poor, many. So what was it about Christ in the city? And it was the community. Knowing that when I would visit on my spring breaks, when I would visit for the summers, there's this group of people who cared about me. And in turn, I wanted to go share that with the poor. And we see that with our volunteers, the amount of people, including myself, including my family, my friends. It's rare to find someone who has just come to Christ in the city once. I mean, people want to come back. They want to bring their friends. And it's not that the service to the poor, the service to the poor is the fruit, but part of that fruit also is the community. And I think that shows that hunger, that thirst in all of us, whether you think you need it or not. I didn't think I needed it, but I did. And that first drew me to Christ in the city. And then of course you fall in love with service to the poor in the face of Christ and the poor. I love that. I what you're saying, Blake, is so simple, but it really is really profound. I mean, what I've heard you say is that community doesn't just give us people to be around that we enjoy or that we can learn from and grow from, but they feed into us so that we can be in mission with our community together in the mission of Christ. And true community does that. If you have a, I I think when people talk about like, oh, do you have like a good church community or good faith community? It's not just that word community is thrown out as like just as the group of people that you hang out with. It's not just the people that you go, you know, have a barbecue with on the weekends, although you can do that. But are we, is our community filling our soul with good so that that overflows into our mission with the Lord and what he's called us to? And that's community. That's really what community is. And you look at, like you said, the disciples, it's a beautiful example of community of them working together, wrestling with their own crosses together, but working together in mission for Christ. They're being fed by their own community so they can go out in a sense, feed others as well. Yes. Right. So it's that, that moment of community, the intentional community where you're feeding and growing and becoming better and challenging each other, but then to go out right? It's not only inward focused, it's then outward focused. And I think uh, to give you an example of how our missionaries live, our missionaries spend uh, you know a few hours on the streets a day. And some people are shocked. It's like, well, why aren't you living with the homeless? You know, why don't you, do you really care? You know, it, you'd be amazed at how many times I've gotten that question. And it comes down to, again, the example from Christ Jesus. Like, Yes, there is a time our missionaries are on the streets, ideally fully present to the the poor in front of them, right? But at the same time, they must, the reason we live in community here at Christ in the City is because you must come back and have this group, this group to 
grow with this group to help you in those hard days. And then you help others on their hard days. And that's what allows our missionaries to do hard things on the streets, see hard things, be a part of hard things, but still go out joyfully with love in their hearts and not become jaded or bitter. You know, it's because they know they're loved at this home that they've created, this community, and then they go to share that love. And when we have visitors come in, the best compliment we can receive is, I felt welcome. I felt like I was at home. And what does that mean? It means that we didn't create an insulated community that was awkward for visitors to come in and was, we don't want clickiness. Like we don't want that, that that turnoff, right? We all have seen those communities that were like, I could never be a part of that. No, everyone can be a part of of this community, ideally, right? I love that. You know, I've always found in my experiences, um, direct experiences of person to person of helping the poor. I remember one of my first times kind of venturing out outside of where I lived and and doing something a little bold for me. And I uh, went on this trip to Ghana, to Africa. And I was there actually, I was going to, I was working with the priest of um, Don Bosco, the solution. And yeah, and it was really wonderful. And I was giving some talks and hanging out with people. And as I was going though, as my, like just traveling over and taking all my flights over, this is years, years ago. I remember thinking all the things that I could do and I could say to help and inspire and encourage living out in the God, living out the gospel and um, being around the poor reminded me that I was very poor. And I think that was like the best gift they could give me is that while they have less in this particular case, they had less material things, but what they taught me is that there was a poorness of my heart that needed to be filled with Christ. And that needed to be something to overflow. It's that God calls us to be him and not just to do his works, but to first become more like Christ and to have that time to spend in developing who we are. And community is a key piece to that before we can go out and just do all the works. The poor are such a gift. They truly are. I mean, it's so easy to look at the poor in society or other countries as just a burden or a problem to be fixed. But my goodness, they are so much more than that. I mean, that's just as you say, it's like they allow you to see your own poverty. And I think that's one of one of my favorite things. Every I mean, every Wednesday, the staff goes to lunch in the park or this last second Saturday. It's like just seeing them and, and they're so open about their poverty. Like, yeah, I need help. And it's like, gosh, when was the last time I openly and willingly asked for help? You know, whether that was from my wife or a friend, it's like, it's even Jesus, like Jesus, help me. It's like, man, that's hard to accept that we're poor because we want to have it together. We want to be the ones who control our own destiny and work for all these things. But, you know, and that's one of my favorite things as a missionary I learned. And I see our missionaries learn every year of like, we are poor and what a gift. Cause that means we don't have to figure it all out ourselves. Others, the community around us, prayer, the Lord gives us all these things to help us fill in this poverty. I love, I love this conversation. I love chatting with you. I love the work that Christ in the city does. Now you guys are based in Denver. I know the last time we talked again, that was a few years ago. We were hoping 
I was hoping I was, I was trying to be trying to, to like, you know, put a fire underneath your seat. Not that it wasn't already there of like, how can we expand this? How can we make this bigger? So are you, are you saying, are you hinting at that there's a possibility that Christ in the city can open up in different cities? Yes, Leah. Yes. The fire has been lit. So after much prayer and true discernment, we've, we've realized this year program we do in Denver is ready to, um, you know, expand. And we've actually, since we've talked, been doing summer missions. It's, it's like, we call it our summer service, but realistically they're three week programs. We've done that everywhere from LA to New York city, to Dallas, Texas, to Gary, Indiana, you know, we've, and, and these have been an utter success because what they've shown is like, all right, our mission it works in Denver, but what's that fear is like, you know, when my, my family back in Nebraska can say like, well, yeah, it works there, but could it work here? And we found that, yes, even if you're homeless, don't look like they do in Denver or you have poor that don't look like, you know, the poor in Denver, this mission of service to the poor and community is for you. And you say like, like we need to expand, we need to go. We, we're helping people in Dublin, Ireland right now serve their poor. And they look so different than they do in Denver. But also anyone listening to this can join in on this mission of Christ in the city. I mean, the service to the poor. My brother was actually a missionary in Philadelphia. And they, due to their schedule, weren't able to go to the streets when they when was a good time. So his his missionary team started going to a nursing home. And Oh my gosh, he had done a lot of Christ in the city work. And he was like, this was almost exactly like homeless outreach mm-hmm. going to this nursing home to the point that he went to one of the, the man's funerals when he passed away. And it's like, I don't care where you are in the world. I don't care where you are, you know, rural in the middle of a city, like this work of service to the poor is for you and the poor need you. And you need the poor. Amen. Okay, so Blake, I, I, this, I'm so excited. There's so many things I want to I want to go into. But first, I think you've really opened some hearts at this point. Where can we? You said, okay, you you can do this right now. So how how do we do this? Can you explain what we should do or where we should go? How, what does that look like? What does that process look like? Yeah, and there's not going to be a one size fits all answer for everyone. Um, we, we are so inspired by mother Teresa's calling of like, where is your Calcutta? Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing is to ask yourself is like, look to your left, look to your right and just say, where am I? Who is around me? Are you a freshman in college and you just have roommates and you don't have a car on campus or are you Leodero on a farm with six kids? Right. It's like, wherever you are just looking around and saying like, where is my Calcutta? Who are the poor around me? And of course, your mission as a mother, right? Your children come first. Your husband comes first. That is important. After that, though, it may be your church community. It may be a nursing home. It may be prison ministry. It could be service to the chronically poor like we do in Denver, right? But like just so the, the practicals of what I just said are, see where your life is, right? The where's your Calcutta. It doesn't, we, we tell our volunteers and our missionaries when they're done with their year, like we want mission work to look attractive. We love the idea of going to Calcutta, India, 
where it is so easy to see, you know, the poor person with sores on the streets. It's not as fun or attractive to just talk to the, to the person in church hurting, or maybe to go to the nursing home or even loving your neighbor. So I think first accepting where is your Calcutta, because that's what our missionaries do. So that's what they do at, at Christ in the cities. We, we help them realize like your community comes first to be able to serve the poor. Now you'll of course be meeting the needs of the poor in the community. So meeting the needs of the poor in your own community first and building up that community and then going out and serving, but it doesn't have to be in that chronological order. The next time you see someone on the street, if you're in a city, just say hi. You know, I apologize. I was a little scatterbrained. It got me too excited, but yeah, just really where's your Calcutta asking who are the poor around me and just looking them in the, in the face. Maybe you don't have words yet. Just smiling. Maybe like Leah's kids, you, you just want to hand out blessing bags to anybody and everybody, you know, but that is how we start. We just, we just do it. You know, now what about Christ in the city? What if, I mean, (laughs) I know, I know I have amazing listeners. I know that there are some who are like, okay, I would really like to help you in this mission. I'd like to help Christ in the city in particular. So how do we do that? Mm -hmm. So of course we would be thrilled to have you join us in this mission financially. And you can find all those details on our website. Um, we have great communications team who's done a wonderful job of that. And really our, our monthly giving community, the known and loved community, we really lean heavily into whether it's, you know, $5 a month or a hundred a month or whatever you can do, just really joining us there. But the second thing we do have coming up and this time of year is our annual celebration. Mm. And what our annual celebration is, is it's a combo. It is our yearly fundraiser. So the goal of it is to fund the program for the year. But at the same time, we have heard like the cry of the poor, as in our mission partners, as in our alumni and those who have come on mission. And this need for community is real, right? We hear you out there. We see you out there. We know people need community. So our fundraiser, just like our mission, we're good at this both and thing is not only this this fundraiser to fund our year, but it's also a moment of community to where we want to teach, equip, and empower you to build community around you while also serving the poor. And how do you do that? I mean, I'm I'm sorry to jump in there really quick. So you're talking about that's coming up. I think you said October 2nd, right? Yes. October 2nd. Again, all of this will be in the show notes. So this is this big event coming up October 2nd, and we can definitely support you financially, 100%. I'm on board. I'm going to do that. But what about, you said that this this event is also uh-huh. teaching community. So what will you do on October yes. 2nd that's going to actually help us with that? Yeah. So it's going to be about a 45-minute live-streamed event, but that that's an important piece of it. But what we're doing is encouraging people to sign up to host watch parties. So what a watch party is, is we're going to send you this beautifully, my, my communications team is amazing. It's going to be this beautiful kit, this hosting kit, where you're going to set out things. It's going to have decorations in it, a little gift for our watch party hosts. Because when our event used to just be in Denver, we can only have 350 people. Last year alone, we had people tune in from 33 states, thousands of people. And what they did is they watched it with family and friends. 
or invited that neighbor who, man, they've been wanting to invite over, uh, but they just didn't have a reason. So we put together these watch party kits and what they do is facilitate you, the host. I mean, we're going to provide a menu if you want it, a drink suggestion if you want it. And it really allows you to begin the night with just a get to know you hour and, you know, mingling, but knowing there's a program coming. And then together in this event, we're going to train you through our 45 minute to an hour event of how to serve the poor and how to support Christ in the city, wherever you are. This is not a Denver only event. This is, you know, our aim is 50 states. Weirdly, we are pretty confident about Alaska and Hawaii. It's some of the other ones that we're not sure about, but it's something where we want to equip and dare I say like a movement almost of just community and service to the poor. And this annual celebration on October 2nd with watch parties all across the country is one of those ways where you, wherever you are, no matter what your state in life is, we're encouraging you to partake in. I love that. I love, love, love this. Okay. So October 2nd, you can host a watch party. I think this is so great. If you have a small group, maybe your church has a men's group or women's group. Maybe the whole church itself can, can be a part of it. You can get your, whatever community you're in right now, get that community together to be trained in how, I think it's so amazing that you're doing this, but you're giving training in how to really facilitate and become a deeper community to have service to the poor. What, I mean, that's so much bang for your buck right there to be able to do that. Absolutely. And in the videos, I mean, we love, we just think a video can speak so much right beyond that meaning. So in these videos, our aim is to like give you practical, like boots on the ground. How do I go deeper in an encounter with a person? And we're not talking just poor, we're talking your neighbor who, by the way, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, we are all poor. This applies for every single one of us. And just how to, how to do that. I mean, it's one of the biggest things I get asked is, so I see, a, I see a homeless person or I see a poor person. I look them in the eye. What next? You know, and we're going to help with that. We're ready to be like, yes, what next? There is things you can do. It isn't just this question in the sky with no answer. No, there are answers and it is simpler than one would think. I love this. And if you are like me and you are a family of a whole bunch of lit littles. I'm going to make this my own watch party um, for my kids. And so that we're going to come together and my kids are, we're going to be able to, especially for my older ones, there's a few in there who don't speak words yet. They're not going to be quite a part of the process, <laughs> but we're going to make this our little community because we are the domestic church. And as parents, we have to remember that and that we can teach them at such a young age, how to approach every single person and see Christ in them. And so this is amazing for your, your already focused communities that you have that you're wanting to go deeper in there. It's a great opportunity to reach out to like, like Blake said, your neighbor or those friends that you haven't been able to get together in a while. What a great cause. And it's all because they have the whole, you know, program set for you. They can send you the whole kit, but also us families out there who might be, you know, we like, I'm like, this is my bunker. I am here raising my kids out on a farm. And so it's, I'm not, my, my place in the world isn't really outside the home right now. It's really here and in the domestic home. And I love that, but that doesn't mean that our ability to help and be trained goes away. 
God that, that, wants us to grow there. Yeah. That where's your Calcutta right now, Leah, you're like, I have six kids. I can't do this extraordinary service to the poor daily, but you're still called to serve the poor in your husband and in your children daily. Right. And I love that. I'm like, that's your bunker right now. And you know what? It is not as attractive as again, as your trip to Ghana. I mean, how much more attractive is that? Like, I want to go serve the poor in Ghana again. You know, of course you want to say that, but it's like, but the Lord in his providence, you know, okay, but I got to serve my kids. You know, they need me as a mother. They need me and Ricky, your husband to love them. And they are my first Calcutta right now. And of course, when you see a poor person in the local community, those are those extraordinary moments to say yes, but preparing yourself for those by accepting where you are and that your Calcutta and mission to the poor is wherever you are at this moment. Amen. So for all of you mamas out there with your kids, this also, this could be a great opportunity, um, especially right after the feast day of um, St. Therese of Lisieux. Isn't St. Therese of Lisieux on the first? You're holier than me. I don't know that. Oh, I think so. I think I think it's the first. Is I think the first is Saint Teresa of Lisieux. So what a great little way for us to be in mission with Christ and to teach our kids about community, about how to approach the poor, to see the poverty within our own heart, and how we need to grow to be more Christ-like. I love this, Blake. You are just you were one of my favorite guests. I love the word. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored. I really am. I'm so honored to speak to you and to just to find out more about Christ in the city, because it is just, it's one of those organizations that you see who really does have boots on the ground. It's not just pie in the sky talking about things and a pretty website, but you see missionaries going out there and doing it. Your money is really helping, you know, spread the mission of the gospel to so many people with us. So I want to encourage others to check out the, those links, please, um, please look into becoming a monthly donor for Christ in the city and October 2nd. I'm so excited. Watch party. Here we come virtual event. We all can be a part of it. All the links will be in the show note. Now, before we leave, Blake, could you give a challenge to our listeners before we, before we wrap up? Yeah. I think when I was on the, the podcast a few years ago, it was, you know, just like start serving the poor. But I think from where the Holy spirit led this conversation my challenge for you listeners is look to your left, look to your right, and see who are the poor in your life right now. Where is your Calcutta? And respond to it. I think that's that's my challenge. Just really dive into prayer. Where is my Calcutta? Who are the poor in my life right now on the daily needing to be served and loved? They, they need you. I mean, we all have a Calcutta and um, also just add to that thought. I love that challenge. Sometimes we are the Calcutta. So when you look to the, when you look around you and you find your Calcutta, just remember that you're also probably someone else's Calcutta. So there's a lot of work for all of us to do within our own heart and to be humble. Blake, you are a true blessing. Thank you for all the work you do with Christ in the city. Um, please thank everybody on your staff, all the missionaries for us. You, you have our heart. It's just been so, so good and such a blessing to hear, hear from you today. Oh, thank you so much, Leah. Your support and gosh, you truly love this mission. And it is so clear every time we talk and with yeah, your just generosity and how it's impacted your family. Thank you so much for, for living it and being such a big fan. 
Love it. Amen. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being a part of another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. Remember, whatever you do today, whatever it, whatever it might be, do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And we'll talk to you later.